Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Travis Cronin. You're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my two amazing co-hosts, the woman who's sitting front row at Fashion Week, Gwen Flamberg. I mean, the fact that I've taken time out of my busy Fashion Week schedule to hang out with you guys is pretty amazing. Happy to be here. Blessed and highly favored. Thank you for honoring us, Glenn. And the woman who I would absolutely give my final rose to, Sarah Huron. I was going to say, I am leaving New York on Fashion Week to go to Ohio to go to a football game. So the difference between Glenn and I. (laughs) Very on brand for all of us. Well, let us, today we have secret pregnancies, misleading pregnancies, A-list movie pregnancies, Housewives throwing shade and an Airbnb table that will never be the same again. But before we talk about these possibly pending lawsuits and cleanup operations, let's start with our woe of the week. The stories that made me and my co-hosts just be aghast, gag, if you will. Gwen Flamberg, kick us off and tell us what made you go woe this week. Did you guys see that Cindy Crawford recreated her 1992 Pepsi commercial? No. Oh, my God, you guys. So, you know, Cindy did this commercial in 1992. She recreated it just for fun, but actually for charity. Um, And she looks exactly the same. So I highly recommend checking out this video. You know where you can see it on usmagazine.com slash stylish but there is cindy in the same little white tank top daisy dukes denim shorts exactly voluminous fabulous cindy crawford hair she has not aged you guys she's 55 years old now and she looks exactly the same I remember definitely questioning my sexuality when I saw that as a child. She was just so beautiful. I was like, oh, my God, my Barbies have come to life and their hair has <laughs> even more volume. Sarah Huron, what made you just go aghast, put your eyelashes to your face and just bulge? What's going on? I mean, honestly, so many of the stories we're going to talk about this week um, made me go, well, 
I don't know if you guys saw Olivia Jade's official Dancing with the Stars announcement. That made me go, whoa, she's on GMA with Matt James, with the whole squad. I really can't believe she's actually going to be on primetime television. Um, but if you know me at all, you know that Bachelor Nation had a wild week. We were rocked by Piper and Brandon, Brendan scandal on Bachelor in Paradise, full on admitting that they were on the beach um, to get fame. They were caught on a by the mic, talking about their followers, exchanging their follower count. Um, and they dated pre-show, pretended they didn't, used poor Natasha. So Brendan <laughs> would stay on the beach until Piper walked down, again, using poor Natasha. But the best part of it, the woe part of it is that Piper name-dropped Us Weekly while discussing her follower count, revealing that she <laughs> 10k on Instagram after we posted about them dating in July. So of course that you know made me rewind several times to hear the Us Weekly mention on Bachelor in Paradise. Unfortunately, um, I'm not Team Piper and Brendan, and they have lost um, hundreds of thousands of followers between the two of them. And Natasha has gained over 20k, 200k. Um, and I watched the live feed, so it's been it's been quite the journey for for BIP. Wow, I love an Us, Us Weekly name drop in popular culture. It just gives me all the tingles in all the right ways. Wait, but you're telling me that someone went on Bachelor in Paradise only for notoriety and fame? I won't believe it, Sarah. That's just, it's too much. <laughs> it's shocking, I know. But the most shocking part is that ABC aired the conversation. Like, obviously, that's what these people are always talking about. But they did not care. And they broke that fourth wall. And you know, that gets me going. Oh, my God. I love that. And I can't believe they lost so many followers after that. That is surprising and sort of an amazing little like fourth wall taking the L. Totally. <laughs> well, let us get into some of the news. Well, uh, Chris, Chloe, and Kim have been um, acquitted or not forced to pay. Again, we're not lawyers. I don't know the fee, but they and won. And Kylie. And Kylie, of course, Kylie, uh, won their defamation suit that Black China brought up against many members of the family for $140 million. The judge ruled in favor of the Kardashian-Jenner clan and against Black China, who was suing them because she said they defamed her and got season two of Robin Black canceled, even though there was a restriction. China. Robin China, and that they couldn't uh, <laughs> that they couldn't film, even though there was a restraining order and Black and Rob couldn't be in the same room at all time. I'm sure that's what the judge saw. But my favorite thing about this ruling was not that the Kardashians were vindicated, is that their lawyer was like, the judge was about to hand down the verdict. And he was like, oh, where are your clients? He's like, they're all at some gala. <laughs> and, and this came through right as celebrities were hitting the red carpet at the Met Gala. It was really strange timing. But I'm sure, you know, Kylie all of them just had a little party in their bus on the way to the Met Gala. And, you know, I'm happy that Black got beat. This is this case was so ridiculous. It didn't make any sense, but she is appealing already. And there is the revenge porn case against Rob Kardashian coming up. So she's still got a lot more chances to get that money that she so clearly wants. Her mom, Tokyo Tony, already started to go fund me and took it down uh, because Tokyo Tony is one to watch. But while they were, you know, winning the case seems weird because they did win the case, but they didn't win any money. So winning to not pay $140 million was super great. And then Kim got to strut on the Met Gala red carpet in the most expensive dress in the world. Marilyn Monroe's dress from 1962, from when she sang Happy Birthday, Mr. President, 
to JFK. Uh, she wore the real dress given to her from Ripley's Believe It or Not. And they also gifted her with a box with a lock of Marilyn Monroe's hair, which she said she is going to sleep with and, quote, do some voodoo stuff and sleep with it under her pillow every night before turning to Pete and saying, sorry, babe, that she's going to be sleeping with a 1962 lock of hair in their bed. Now, this look was great. There was controversy because Kim had to lose 16 pounds to fit into this. She was sort of starving herself. Uh, Riverdale star Lily Reinhart was like, why are you promoting starvation? Uh, tricky topic because she sort of had to make herself fit into this dress. It's not like they're going to be able to do it. I don't, you know, starving yourself is never a good idea, but she had to sort of mold herself to this and she wanted to wear it. I don't know. It's a strange thing. What did you guys think about her dress? I mean, I don't even know where to start. Let me first just say that she looked kick ass in the dress. She looked amazing in the dress. Her body looked amazing, but like we know that it's not her body and that she starved herself for three weeks. Right. Losing Temporary. 16 pounds, um, you know, to fit into the dress. But beyond that, I find the whole thing extraordinarily disturbing. Number one, that she thought it was appropriate to borrow an archived piece of history that was in a museum. Number two, that the Ripley's people lent it to her. Was that for free? I'm not sure. Does Ripley's need the PR so badly? I'm sure that's what it was. I mean, I can't remember the last time I thought about a Ripley's, believe it or not. I'll tell you that. But I'm sure much like Disney and Dollywood and strange theme parks, there are people who make pilgrimages to Ripley's, believe it or not, in, in Florida all the time. Like they they want relevance. So they went for this. But, you know, archives pieces are in a museum for a reason. They're not meant for, you know, literally three minutes of fame on a red carpet. Because what I also find disturbing is that she only wore the actual dress to be photographed on the red carpet. And then homegirl slipped into a replica of the dress for the rest of the night. I mean, if that is not the reality world we live in, (laughs) I don't know what is. (sighs) Then she bleached her dang hair, platinum blonde. Chris Appleton did it. He told us it took six hours, but it didn't even look good, guys. I kind of like her blonde. I like her blonde, but I didn't like this blonde. I mean, there was the, she was afraid that she was going to, you know, fit into it and her butt was going to bust it because yeah, like we all know what Marilyn Monroe was built like and she didn't have surgical Brazilian butt left. (laughs) I mean, I'm so confused by some of the, but the most disturbing (laughs) part, and I'm sorry, and then I'll wrap it up, Sarah, and I want to hear what you have to say. The most, most disturbing part was that Chris Jenner dressed up as Jackie O, who was the wife of John F. Kennedy, who Marilyn Monroe, who Kim was dressed as, had an illicit affair with, which also made Marilyn Monroe extraordinarily sad and led to her death. Yeah. So what in the holy F is happening here, people? Has the world gone mad? I mean, that's a rhetorical question. But I am obviously, I don't think our listeners have ever heard me so out about anything ever. 
No, she has mic drop. I mean, you definitely have valid points there. I think the Jackie O Maryland connection of it all is the weirdest thing as well. And not a lot of people are talking about that. I think the 16 pounds kind of overtook. And listen, I mean, the Kardashians want us to talk about them and guess what we're doing. We're talking about them. So that's obviously when I ask why they did that, that's why they're doing this. But I mean, I don't know much about fashion. You know, the Met Gala is like my least favorite day of the year, but Gilded Age, I was expecting not Marilyn Monroe and Jackie O. I didn't really get it. Um, Were you ever, did you have like um, naked, weird goth dresses on your bingo card? No, I sure didn't. No, we should have known from her dress last year. It was nude with crystals all over it. Yeah, it just everyone looks kind of bad in my opinion. <laughs> it was really bizarre. Like, yeah, I mean, American fashion is about puffers, but like, why, Gigi Hadid? Why? Why? I think it was a bit of an homage to Andre Leontali, but still. I mean, well, sort of, it was an oh, it looked like an ode to Cardi B's dress she wore two years ago by Terry Mugler. And then you had all these people in like bondage stuff. Like, yeah. Uh, and then and then this kind of like Madonna moment, like, no, the Costume Institute exhibit that this is meant to raise money for is showing fashion from the late 1800s, the true Gilded Age, yeah. to the mid to late 1900s, which takes it to about 1970. I, I just do not understand where everybody's head was at. The only thing I'll play devil's advocate with is the Kim thing, which like at the end of the day, do I think it's a good idea for someone who so many people look up to and who like has done so much for like women's bodies, even though like there's yeah. obviously surgery involved, like there is always something to be said for the Kardashians being curvy in the era of like where stick thin was in your Kate Moss was whatever. But Even Miley Cyrus body was in that. And then the Kardashians sort of took that. Yeah. Over. So there was something to be said for that. But I mean, you're naive if you obviously don't think there was surgery involved in everything happening here. But like, so I don't think it's a great idea to be talking about losing 16 pounds in three weeks or to do that. Um, and it was interesting to hear her say like how she did it, like sauna suits and the way she was working out. And she, she said, I didn't starve myself. But then on Instagram, she was like, I'm starving. I'm like, donuts. <laughs> but we see actors do that all the time and it's not healthy, but it's like for their craft so like are we going to say the next time an actor loses weight to play someone with AIDS or gains weight to play someone going through something that that's dangerous like it is but it's for their craft so for Kim her job is to go to the Met Gala and get people to talk about her so in theory I mean technically it's not a great thing to brag about but it's also nice almost good that she told us she did these extreme things because for her to to think she looks like that would also be insane because even the pictures from the White House Correspondence Center a few days earlier oh my god I remember being like oh she looks tiny and it yeah. looks like her and chloe both there's been some stuff taken out of the butt because oh my god they're both so little absolutely but i totally noticed those pictures of her and pete that she looked even smaller than normal and i was confused and then it made sense when the maryland thing was all confirmed i was just wondering that you know kim's ass is obviously insured and if her ass had ripped that 10 million dollar dress is that what the insurance is there to pay out for because that would be a really good use of that insurance policy if her ass is insured and then she busts that 10 million dollar dress over I mean, what a smart move to have it insured by that company in London that does it. I mean, I think that her butt being insured is more like if the dress created pressure on her butt (laughs) led to a permanent hematoma that 
yeah yeah it's it's the damage done to the ass not the damage the ass does to something else gotcha it's like when you do a rental car and you pick which insurance you want she didn't do the two types she only did damage to the ass not damage the ass does (laughs) while we're trash talking kim kardashian someone else is and it's ray j because she has been i mean this is i don't even know where to spell it all started 20 years ago yes seriously at vivid productions when maybe chris and kim went in to sell her sex tape or maybe they didn't and it was actually leaked and then her and ray j just did their best to you know have it shut down and when that didn't work reached a financial deal and did wind up making money off of it we're not sure but ray j has something to say about it now he did a interview with the daily mail and he says i've sat in the shadows for over 14 years allowing the kardashians to use my name to abuse my name make billions of dollars over a decade and a half talking about a topic that I've never really spoken about, talking about the sex tape ago. He says, I never leaked anything. I never leaked a sex tape in my life. It has never been a leak, which is the important part. Now, Ray J alleged that he didn't possess this secret uh, second tape, which is the reason they're all talking about this on the new Keeping Up with the Kardashians on Hulu. Kim has this very emotional scene where she's crying, saying that Kanye met with Ray J for four hours at LAX, which I don't really understand, but they met at LAX for four hours. And Kanye says that he got a laptop with the second tape on it, Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara and Sex with Kim or something it was called. But Ray J says that there was no other sex tape because Kim had the sex tape and this other second one in a Nike box under her bed. Ray J says there were just some intimate videos and text conversations and mini videos on probably, you know, a 2008 video phone that that were taken that he gave to Kanye. Now, he says that he's, you know, coming forward about this to the Daily Mail because he says that Kim is lying. That that was clear (laughs) that they paid the most. But it's that Kim is talking about this and crying hysterical tears, talking about the second sex tape. And uh, Ray J is like, first of all, I did not blackmail you with a second sex tape. You are lying, you know, putting like disgrace on my name. And he's saying that Kim and Chris are the ones who originally leaked this tape. So thinking that Ray J was sort of a scumbag forever for leaking this tape was one thing, but bringing it up all again on Hulu and saying that he was trying to extort her a little bit with a second tape just was too much for him. Brandy, his sister, Iconic Somberg, posted today and she says, you know, don't, you know, someone who loyal will eventually snap something along those lines, you know. Uh, that's not exactly what it said, but she was like, you know, a loyal person will snap eventually was the gist of it. And it's really just a sad situation. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm sort of believing Ray J in this situation. What do you guys think? I totally do. I mean, I've long thought that it was a plot to, you know, make Kim famous. And I believe that Kris Jenner worked with Ray J's team to, you know, put it all out there. That was just always like my hunch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's really the like people part that people would disagree with. I think that, you know, it's someone that I don't think they're ever going to admit that, but I definitely think that that makes sense. I've always argued because I love the Kardashians, good and bad, that like a billion people have sex tapes and most of them don't end up where they are. And I still think that's true. However, is the timing that the new show was launching on Hulu yeah. and then we were going to, you know, have the parallel of season one of Keeping Up with the Kardashians about Kim's sex tape. Now the new show, The Kardashians, season sure. one is about the sex tape. It's suspicious. Ray J wanting to be excluded from this narrative in 2022 
is fair. In 2007, who knows what happened and who really cares, but I'm sure that he is sick of it. And, but then there's the weird aspect of Ray J's manager was the one who kind of started all this by dropping that bomb in that interview when they were filming this, these episodes of the Kardashian show. Please say his name because it's so funny. I don't even know it. What is it? Whack 100. Wow. Oh, yes. Whack 100. I forgot. Whack 100 went on some show and said that he had this tape, which is what prompted yeah. Kim to start talking about it on the Kardashians. So, Ray J, are you mad at Whack too? Or are we just mad at Kim? Um, and where is Whack 100 now? Like, I. <laughs> What are the origins origins of this name? Who? What's in a yeah. name? Whack. Um, but also, Ray J leaking his alleged um, DMs with Kim is super interesting. If you want to read those on the Daily Mail, because yeah. Kim kind of like apologized and she was like, "I get it. Like you'll see next week's episode. It's about like Kanye getting the tape back from you." But then he was like, "That's not how that happened either." So Ray J is just pissed, and I, you know, justice for the sexy can I rapper? That song was a bomb. <laughs> His only good song is Wait a Minute. No, Sexy sure. Can I. Sexy Can I is fine. Sexy Can I is fine. But I agree that the, the the DMs that he leaks between him and Kim really makes it seem like Kim is like, I'm sorry. I know that I leaked this. I know that this is a big lie for publicity. And I'm sorry. It's sort of the subtext in all of those. She's saying it without saying it. She's saying, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. This is going to get better. And is sort of a self-apologist here. And it really makes me believe Team Whack 100 and Sexy Can I sing or Ray J. It's crazy. It's like literally what year is this? Yes. Yes. 20 years ago, the sex tape just comes back to bite you in the ass. Uh, Even if your ass is different than it was 20 years ago, even if you surgically enhanced it several times. See, I think she, her and Chloe's asses have diminished because they had sculpture injections and it's been about two and a half years and they didn't keep it up. And so they've naturally deflated because sculpture is super, super firm for like a year and a half. And then at two years, like it's gone. And I, th- and I had heard that they were getting sculpture micro injections for the time when their asses were just growing at an exponential pace every day. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I think they're just sort of going with the fashion, just not re-upping on the mega big booties. Sarah Huron, why don't you take us into the custody battle between Christina Hack, formerly Anstead, now Flippity Floppity. I forget her new real last name. I mean, I will tell you really quick that, yes, born Christina Hack. Yes. For a long time, Christina Anstead. Briefly, Christina Elmu... Uh, no, a long time, Christina Elmusa. Yeah. Briefly, Christina Anstead. Now, Christina Hall. Hall, okay. <laughs> yes, now Christina Hall. She, um, who is, you know, my favorite person that I've never actually heard speak or see do anything, um, God bless Liver Flop, and Christina on the Coast and all her 75 spinoffs on HGTV, um, and Anstead, who is her second husband, who she shares two-year-old Hudson with, is seeking sole custody of this two-year-old. And Anstead is also the one who's now dating Renee Zellweger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get a little A-list in there. Well, Heather and Tarek are off, you know, on their own. And they have the, two, the two older kids are with Tarek. No kids yet with Josh. I'm sure it's coming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he filed this, this emergency lawsuit, protect like order to try to get custody of sole custody of Hudson. And it was pretty shocking because he made some pretty wild allegations about how often that Christina actually spends time with Hudson. He, um, there was a text message of, you know, him alleging that Hudson got sunburned at the park and that Christina, you know, didn't care because her response was like, put some sun, put some lotion on him. He's fine. Like some, the, the index, I didn't know what it was or yeah. all these things. And Christina naturally came back strong saying, I'm a good mom. 
the way he's calculating these hours is not even accurate. He's saying, you know, this day, that day. And there are days that, you know, I'm taking Hudson from him when it's his day. Like he's painting it out to be something. Um, and the judge did deny Ant's um, immediate order for like an emergency handover of, handover of Hudson. I'm sure this is far from over. Um, they're probably going to have to go very tit for tat over this two-year-old and the custody of it, which is, which is very sad for Hudson and his siblings who are going to read all this stuff about their parents. But like the weird kicker is like the Renee of it all. Yeah. And like there was these allegations that Christina didn't tell aunt and Renee that Hudson had COVID and then Renee like found out later and had to tell everyone on set of her show. So like, uh, it's about Pam or whatever it's called it's all about yeah. Pam had to suspend the thing production. About Pam. The thing about Pam had to suspend production because of Hudson hack hall and said like, that's crazy. Like it's so many layers. And it's, as always, it's sad when there are kids involved, but then you have like Heather Ray Young, El Musso giving yeah. these cryptic interview quotes. Like we keep things separate in our home. Like we care about what happens in our home. Like we can only focus on our home. It's like, we well, make sure things are healthy at this house. Healthy at this house. Like what is happening in Christina Hall and said hacks home. Right. Fruit roll-ups every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They, they, I mean, he really tore her apart in this. And while we haven't really heard her side of the story, I mean, I believed that she was this terrible mother because we only have one side of the story. And he really makes a good point for like he's she's making his life sort of a living hell. And thus Renee Zellweger's. I think she's like trying to move also with the new husband. So maybe that's what prompted this. But it's like, is Heather Ray Young just talking about, you know, the fact that she doesn't give her kids Oreos because they're not vegan? They, or they are, are vegan. vegan, but they're not healthy. That's yeah. what the big selling sense of the storyline was. Or is there truth to this that the Krause and Christine, it's an unstable maybe environment because there's a new husband every other day. I don't know. Yeah, I, right. I really would like to hear Christina's side of this, but it's not looking good from just the fact that she shut down Renee Zellweger's show. I really was the kicker for me Same. that she like didn't tell them she had COVID and that Renee Zellweger was forced like forced to shut down this big show that she was doing with Showtime or HBO or, or Amazon Prime or something. You know, that's a lot of I money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And I'm sure that the studio was not thinking it was cute. I bet they didn't think that Christina Hall was going to be the reason for this. She's like as a downfall for a lot of things. God, you know, God bless her. I really need to get like, get, I need to start watching her programming. I think like, I am a fan of, yeah. of the destruction, but I don't even know what she's doing. Same, same. <laughs> I, uh, Christina, we need to hear what you have to say on this. It is so one-sided, but this story is not over. I need much, much more. Well, I mean, we have a section in the magazine called Love Lives. It seems from this podcast that we should call it like love deaths or like, you know, love lost lives because there are just a lot of couples really fighting. And the number one of the moment is clearly Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. They are going through their, I know it's only been two weeks, but it feels like two months, um, trial against them where they both say that they are drug addict, drug addict abusive alcoholics. And, you know, one says that and then the other says that. And we have learned, Us Weekly can confirm, that Amber Heard hated all the press that was going on, fired her PR team, hired a new PR team the day before she was set to take the stand. If you watch any of the, especially like on TikTok, the wrap-ups of it, no one's on Team Amber. Johnny Depp came off very convincing and sort of made it seem that Amber Heard was making all this up for money and clout. And that's why she fired her PR team because just no one is with her at all. I can't even go into all of the mess that they've hurled to each other because it's just, it just doesn't sound great coming out. And it's just lots of drugs, lots of slapping and lots of badness 
Gwen, what do you think watching this back? You know, it's so, it feels so terrible to not believe a woman, you know, who's saying she's abused, but she is not coming off well in this trial so far. She's not. The whole thing is just such schadenfreude. Like, I think everybody is watching it like a train wreck and they can't look away. Obviously, both of them, you know, neither one is like in the right here. They both have destroyed each other. Um, I feel for Amber. I'm sure that she was very abused. I also feel for Johnny because he obviously has just, you know, been on so many different substances. He looks the way that he looks. I mean, to me, that's the saddest thing is like, I always love Johnny Depp in 21 Jump Street. And he sure has come a long way. Crack is whack, kids. Don't do it. You know, honestly, I really just want to see this trial wrap up. Yeah. If one more friend who like doesn't follow celebrity world or even pop culture asks me about this trial, like tells me that they're watching it and they can't believe it. I can't take it anymore. Enough. I did get hung up and I watched some of the YouTube lives a bit or when it was, they were streaming it live on TikTok too. And it'll just like come on. They're like, would you like to watch the live trial? And I'm like, well, I guess. <laughs> um, Sarah, what did you think? I know you've been covering and watching more of it than most people. Yeah, I have. And I mean, I, the whole thing makes me sad. It's like so bizarre because you know, you see these clips of Johnny Depp being like very charismatic and making jokes and it goes viral. And like one second you find yourself laughing and then you have to remember like what we're talking about here. And this is just like dark stuff. And I think they both have major, major demons and issues and were the most toxic yeah. couple maybe in the history yeah. of the world. Yeah. Um, and it's also crazy because this is like a defamation lawsuit. And I understand why Johnny Depp would want, I guess, because he thinks maybe if he wins this, it's not necessarily about the money, but if he wins this, he could work again because yeah. he's saying that, you know, this op-ed right. stuff she said, it's not true and that it like ruined his name. So if a jury rules that, then maybe he'll get to work again. But it's, they're both they're the same way with her lawsuit before. Like these aren't like trials for abuse. Like these are like things they both want to do, like air it all out in court. And like, they know it's going to be public. And right. I don't know what it's like to be in an allegedly abusive relationship from either end. Like I believe both of them are wrong, are at fault. Yeah. Um, but it's bizarre that it's like on display for everyone, but it's a defamation suit. It's not like a, they're not suing for assault. Like it's so bizarre. Yeah, that is really where they're both suing for defamation and then like dragging, they're doing that by dragging the dirty laundry out and putting it to a bigger audience. Yeah. And it feels like it's a show and like you have these weird things of her, you know, they're they're accusing her of like dressing like him and playing these mind games. And then she's crying on the stand. Like there's so many, it it feels like I'm watching like a scripted show, but these are real people and it's just, it's so dark, but also like I, I I have been watching. So like, what, (laughs) what does that say about me? I don't know. Yeah. We all love it. I think that's a good way that both of them are wrong. Both of them are toxic for each other, and hopefully they'll be lovely with other people and are just really bad with each other. And James Franco and Elon Musk did not have to testify because otherwise it definitely would have seemed like a scripted TV show. Yeah. I wish Elon Musk testified. I I do, too. (laughs) I do, too, actually. Well, maybe next time. Well, let's move on to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Uh, Netflix canceled her show, y'all. Little Pearl. Little Pearl (laughs) happened. Well, Netflix has been uh, sort of embroiled in a little bit of an issue after losing a huge base of their subscribers. They had to do this huge push to cancel a lot of their programming. They're tightening the purse strings, you know, cleaning it up there at Netflix because people don't want to pay for them as much anymore. And Meghan Markle's was one of the first 
first to be cut, her animated series about a little girl named Pearl, we will no longer see. But the reason this is interesting is because it comes on the heels of sources telling us that those Spotify and Netflix were really livid with the Sussexes, the former Sussexes, however you want to call them if you're nasty, um, that they weren't getting any content. Content. The Spotify announced their podcast maybe two years ago now, and we've gotten one episode every two years. And they have been filming for their Netflix documentary, but they also are supposed to have like three or four other shows that we've just heard nothing about. And sources tell us that Netflix and Spotify are just really angry that they are not providing any content. And meanwhile, Harry joined a water polo team. <laughs> so in Santa Barbara. So they're just not releasing anything. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy for their newly retired life, I guess. But they got millions of dollars up front and they are providing nothing at all. What do you guys think? Oh, gosh. Who could have predicted a bait and switch from the couple formerly known as the Sussexes? Come on. This is exactly what these two have become. You know, I love Prince Harry. I love the idea of Meghan Markle as Meghan Markle. I feel like together, they're a little bit toxic. They kind of, you know, just go rogue. And God bless them. They seem really super in love and really happy together. My advice is do your own thing together and don't, um, you know, enter into agreements where others might be grossly disappointed when you go your own way. Seriously, seriously rough. But let's do a happier news. Did anyone see Katy Perry fall over at American Idol? Because yes, it was beautiful and I no one was hurt. It. And she dressed was in a mermaid costume, dressed as Ariel. Not <laughs> easy her- to walk in a tail, you guys. And the fake like plastic wig she had on. Oh, top notch, <laughs> top notch comedy. Top notch comedy. And her, what do you call the fork in it? Was it, is that the thingamabob? The thingamabob? I got I, funny. I, I, I think no, she has she has 20 thingamabobs, but I forget what she tells the, her seagull friend what she calls the fork. And before she brushes her hair with right. it, she's like, oh, no, this is a split to these plots. Yeah, that might be something else. Flipper popper. But who cares? <laughs> but who cares? No big deal. <laughs> that was just a little bit of levity because her falling over that mermaid costume and almost stabbing Lionel Richie in the eye with the flipper of a flopper. <laughs> was fantastic but let's go back in the darkness of it because we're going to talk about oh dingle hopper just dingle hopper it's a dingle hopper oh my god i'm such a bad disney (laughs) princess stan you are it's clearly a dingle hopper sarah but if you know there is too much grossness uh in the world between couples fighting each other and the next couple that we're going to talk about just watch carrie the katie perry lovely just lightly fall over not hurt at all it was like a slow fall that does you don't even feel bad about watching in a mermaid tale just just why we have celebrities great content well let's move on to something really gross and disgusting megan fox and machine gun kelly have sort of out grossed out themselves after they got engaged uh, megan fox admitted that they did drink each other's blood in a ceremony they put a little bit in a goblet and just glug 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 drink each other's blood in a little ceremony and i love that there's all these vampire groups coming forward urging them to go about it in the safe way they're like you know you can drink each other's blood Blood, but make sure you get tested. I know you're monogamous, but there are some diseases you have to be testifying for. And there are two heads of vampiric organizations who are coming for them and telling them what to do with their blood. 
I can't. Sarah, the biggest Machine Gun Kelly, Kelly fan that I personally know. But you don't um, even look surprised because they've alluded to this before. Yeah, I mean, listen, like the these two don't shock me anymore. Ever the twin flames of it all. The um, I manifested him when I was four years old. Of it all, was that almost was enough for me to be out? Um, that was really not it for me personally. But I just prefer these two when they're not talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and More and a visual I, couple. Yeah, yes. and I look forward to the wedding content while it also terrifies me. Um, that's my official stance. Yeah, they said it's going to be in a gothic church or chapel next to like a blood red river is the vibes shocker yep shocker so you know good good on them and because it really is the loves love lives lost episode we have to talk about olivia wilde and jason sudeikis olivia wilde now mrs harry styles god bless her for it um was served custody papers in the strangest way she was at CinemaCon, and then served papers while she was there while she was at stage she looked at them and was like oh i guess i'll get to these later i mean i can't overhype how crazy this story was sources tell us that jason didn't know other sources are telling other outlets that you do know when they're going to get served but we're i feel like we're just seeing more and more pictures of it and hearing more and more from this CinemaCon. and i just i'm shocked that this actually happened in real life i know that was a big one Huge. My understanding is that, you know, there, there is an agency that is hired to serve papers. Yeah. And, you know, my hunch is that they only did this because she's been dodging getting the papers in other ways. So, you know, did somebody a little bit more in the know sort of tip them off to this would be a way to do it? Um, Someone, you know, like, old Ted Lasso himself who understands what that event is and who would be there and the cameras would be there. Maybe who knows? I, I'm, I feel like all's fair in love and Harry Styles. Absolutely. But you've got kids and kind of not really being present for your custody agreement is, I don't know. I've, I, I've lost a little bit of respect for Olivia Wilde and all this because She's a mom and evidently it's like she's just been following, you know, love on tour and her kids are sort of, you know, at home with nannies, you know, Jason's been working a lot. I I don't know. I I think it's nobody really knows what's happening inside a relationship, but the two parties So nobody can speak for either Jason or Olivia, but this just has kind of gotten to a crazy place and there are kids involved. Well, speaking of crazy places, let's talk about the Church of Scientology, because Elizabeth Moss has this new crazy interview with The New Yorker, where they really, and good on this journalist, like went there and asked her about Scientology. Um, So they sort of asked her in a direct way. uh, They asked her if Scientology uh, is really a, quote, dangerous cult. Um, because there are multiple investigations and reports over the last years, thank you, Leah Remini and everyone else, who have you know come against the church. Just to remind you, they have been accused of systematically trafficking uh, people and forced labor, even children, forcing labor, trafficking them all over, inhumane and barbaric treatment, isolating from families, it's just abuse overall, real, real, real bad stuff. 
So talking to the New Yorker, Elizabeth Moss at first didn't appear to want to say too much about Scientology because she didn't want her viewers to be, quote, distracted when they watched her performances on Mad Men, Handmaid's Tale. Take your pick. She's in lots of stuff. Um, But then she told the writer, "People, people can obviously hold their mind, hold in their mind whatever they want to. And I cannot control that. Um, She's. Uh, it's a place that's very open to like welcoming in someone who wants to learn more about it. I think that's the thing that's probably the most understood. I think we understood that they like to recruit people. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was like, that's the one thing we could all agree on here is they like new members. <clears throat> um, and then the New Yorker journalist brought up the organization's authoritarian attacks and reported abuses, which include mind control, making family members cut ties with their loved ones. Uh, and Elizabeth Moss responded saying, I would just encourage people to find out for themselves. It's sort of why we're asking you right now, Elizabeth Moss. Um, She says, I've certainly been guilty of reading an article or watching something and taking that as gospel. Obviously, something like religious freedom and resistance against a theocracy is very important to me, i.e. The Handmaid's Tale. But Leah Remini had something to say. She responded, she says, since there's talk today about a current celebrity Scientologist, I want to remind everyone that Scientology has a long history of forcing women in its workplace to have abortions. Hundreds of former Scientologists have spoken out about this, about like lots of forced abortions in the church. I just, Elizabeth Moss is sort of like the last celebrity that's hanging on, right? For Scientology. I don't know if they're like treating her super well. Isn't Tom Cruise still there? Of course, of course, but he's never leaving. Yeah, no, Elizabeth Moss is um, a joke to me personally. I think the fact that she's even the star of The Handmaid's Tale shouldn't be a thing because of the cult that she's a part of. Um, Scientology, please don't come for me. I'm scared. Um, But also like- They have my number and address. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm sure they, I'm sure they have mine too. Um, But I think that it's, I've never, I've never, I don't watch that show for that reason. Um, I don't think that that's um, cool. And also I think that her pretending that she was just in the bathroom when Leah Remedy won her Emmy for Scientology in the Aftermath, like at least own it. If you're going to, you know, be a part of this, at least say, you know, I don't believe in the way that she spoke out about something that I believe in. I would respect that more than pretending you were in the bathroom. So Elizabeth Moss, like go away. Tell her, tell her. That's such a culty thing to say. Like, Find out for yourself. Yeah. Learn more. It's like you're still recruiting. Come people. over. <laughs> exactly. Let me let us let this church tell you why you're sad after you grab this machine. And give us thousands of dollars upon taking one step and one breath. Yeah, very, very expensive to be a Scientologist these days. Thank you to my hosts, Sarah and Gwen, for helping me spill all of this piping hot celebrity. Lots of heated issues and discussion this week between all of us. We love to see it. Again, this is Travis Cronin of Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast with your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame, and favorite celebrities. Because after all, they're, they're just like us. us. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll be back next week. Bye.